Ian Carland wants a word. Powered by the Mitsubishi ASX. Turns driving rain into perfect driving weather. Do I need to wait for a red light, Kev? Like, you know, like we used to do with it. No? What, no red light? And, right, and I've got no headphones. All right. Ian Collins wants a word. Oh, my God! It's here. It's like episode one. We're here. as fresh out of pod school. Uh, here it is, everybody. It is Ian Collins' Once a Word, available on all those usual downloadable formats and uh, pr- probably elsewhere. I'm sure some skunk has already plagiarised this. This is going out probably on Radio 2 right now. I don't even know it. So, here we go. Let's try this. We have, tonight, on Ian Collins' Once a Word, a bit of this. We even got lucky... And we're going to have some of this. SpongeBob SquarePants. And if all of that wasn't enough to send your head into a massive spiral, we've got a bit of this. London calling. This is London calling. That actually almost sounds as if we've got a properly produced show. (laughs) Yeah, I know. That's Sideshow Kev, everybody. He's the person attempting to produce this caper, (laughs) uh, which we're looking forward to. So last couple of weeks on Twitter and Facebook, we've been putting out, we thought for, for show one only, it will be an idea to kind of respond to some of the frequently asked questions you've been sending through, and that does make some kind of sense. So for one week only, it's Ian Collins, once a word, and 13 questions. Kev. Lewis on Twitter. Yes. Why did you leave TalkSport? Because it was... No, because... <laughs> <laughs> because I've been there for, like, half my life. That was the reason I left TalkSport, and it was just time to move on and do some other things. Nikki says, why are you doing a podcast? Because... Uh, why are we doing a podcast? Because you asked me to. <laughs> you said, why should we do a podcast? What are you doing on Wednesdays? I said, we'll do a... Po-. Now, the reason... Uh, there's a couple of reasons, really. One was that it does give you a bit of freedom to sort of lark around and do some stuff you wouldn't normally be able to do. We've got a pretty big base on Facebook and Twitter that uh, well, we're asking for something like this. And, of course, the lovely people at Mitsubishi came along and said, we'd like to do this with you as well. Danny the Blue in Glasgow, is it better working for Five Live or Talk Sport? Oh, good question. Well, you see, Five Live is different because I do Stephen Nolan's show on a Saturday night, so it's not the same, uh, quite the same thing, although he's in Salford and I'm usually down in London. Last week, they crammed me into a studio with Jackie Smith. Jason Swansea, will you be having guests on this new podcast? Of course we will, you buffoon! Yeah, we've got loads. Grace Dent tonight, oh, can't wait. Grace Dent. Love Grace Dent. Jeff in Doncaster and Don, uh, who's on Facebook. One's on Twitter, one's on Facebook. Of all the people you worked with at TalkSport, who did you like the best and who did you not like? There was... I was, I, I was a bit of an extraordinary fella, really, at TalkSport, because I don't think there was anybody... I, I think in all the time that I worked there, I never properly fell out with anybody. I had, a, I had a few, you know, present, see, presenters can't ever... Here's the thing, right, with being a presenter. You're not allowed to have a bad day. If you have a bad day and you throw a wobbly, you're having a prima donna fit. So I didn't really fall out with anybody. Um, if the question was, was Mike Parry a bit of a knob, then yes. <laughs> Mike, not that one, <laughs> from Norwich, says, How long will each show be and will you have an app soon? Uh, each show's about, it's around about 45 minutes. We'll have, yeah, we will have an app, I think. I feel an app coming on. Laws says, Family Guy or American Dad? Well, he's just asked me the question I asked on Twitter. The, uh, she can't do that. can't just nick my questions and throw them back at me. Uh, it would be Family Guy every time. But you're American Dad, aren't you? No, well, it depends. Well, you, hang on, hang on a sec. In Kev's dear, if you, if you cut Kev in half, he bleeds The Simpsons, all right? And you have True. done from show one of The Simpsons. True. But of the two, Family Guy every time. Uh, from Julian Bournemouth, I'm a media student. Any advice? Yeah, give up. From some bloke called John Cairns. John Cairns? Yeah. Name the first three types of fish that pop into your head. Haddock and two cods. Uh, Sally Green. Why did he want to know that? Sally Green on Facebook. Why do schools no longer serve gypsy tart for pudding? I don't know. That's another question we used to ask at, on, on the, the old Late Show. Why do they never serve gypsy tart at school? For those who don't know, you can get gypsy tart in the supermarkets. And I used to ask loads of bakers, what is... Have you, do they still make it? And they do. Essentially, gypsy tart is something that is just sugar. And I think kids' teeth fell out and 
made them thick or something. Joe on Facebook, how is your new book coming on? Have you written a book? <laughs> yeah, 87 people I'd like to slap, which might even become a feature on this show. That'd be nice. That would be good, wouldn't it? Yeah, it's it's all right. Yes, it's... Uh, oh, that sounds crap, doesn't it? So I've got a lot of meetings going on about the book. But there is actually quite a lot of meetings. There's a yeah. bit of momentum about the book. But yeah, hopefully, I'm hoping it'll be the... Like the, the thing that comes out before Christmas. You need to get a book out before Christmas. Yeah. Uh, Rizla Tony from Facebook says... Rizla Tony. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. Why was I'm Shouting Through Your Letterbox cancelled after just one airing? Because it was illegal. Actually, just I'm Shouting Through Your Letterbox. Uh, this was the thing that we did on the night show. Do you remember this? Uh, yes. Um, uh, it, it was a stu- Really, it was a stupid idea. But essentially, we got people who were up at night to go out of their house with their mobile phone and commentate, and we t- used to tell them to turn left, turn right. We didn't know they were, where they were going. Turn left, turn right, walk up the road, walk 50 paces this way, 50 paces that way. And then, is there a row of houses? Yes. Count the third house in. Okay, this is four in the morning. Go to that house and just go to their letterbox and shout as loud as you can, I'm shouting through your letterbox. It was a dumbass, buffoon-like, stupid, childish thing to do, and that's why Ofcom stopped it. Jonathan on Facebook, can you talk about the curse of Fenric? No. What's a monster in Doctor Who, though? Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. The lizard-based sea creature. It was brilliant. Hemovore? Yeah, that's the one. I was a hemovore, yeah. I essentially uh, attempted to suck silver... Well, you know, they were suckers, weren't they? They they sucked the life out of... There's no good way of saying this now, is there? (laughs) Sylvester McCoy was attacked by hemovores, and I was one of the hemovores. Cool. There you go. That, everybody, was Sideshow Kev. You'll hear from him a little bit later on. Uh, that was just like a one-week-only introduction to Ian Collins' Once a Word. Loads of requests of the kind of features we should have on the show, because it's sort of feature-based. So we've got, like, I don't know, what, four or five sections in each show. So remember that as you're listening. You can punctuate your listening throughout the sections. We've also got a mobile uh, show mobile which you can have a rant on. You'll hear more about that in just a little bit as well. And the one feature that everybody bar none asked us to do was a bit of this. Ah! There it is. You see, we wouldn't let you down on this. You know the score. This is random acts of irrational annoyance. That annoying scream. Uh, somebody Talking of Ofcom, somebody did complain to Ofcom that it woke them up with a nightmare. <laughs> so while were you asleep listening to my show? Good. Uh, you know the score. These are those technically sort of irrelevant areas of life that give you the chronic ache. In the grander scale of things... They don't actually matter. They're not that important. They're not deal-breakers. Nobody dies. But nonetheless, without a scintilla of doubt, they drive you royally mad. They arc the skin from your very bones. They send your head into a 360... Well, you get the general idea. Can I start off, actually? Yeah. I mentioned this happened... This happens every time I get on the train. What's the deal with somebody getting on a train when it's minus 22? And opening the window. What's all that about? Or closing the window for that matter. Uh, Kev, far away. Paul McKenna. Is that it? Well, there's a point to this. He's Go got on. a book out. He's written a book. Oh, how to think yourself it's called horny. I can make you smarter. Yeah. And it's this thing with smarter, this Americanism, which is creeping its way into uh. the English language. And everyone knows the book should really be called I Can Make You More Cleverer. Every time. And I Can Make Paul More Money. Tony the Cabbie says, The girl on the BBC... This is great. The girl on the BBC who speaks in a perfectly good English accent, but then reverts to bad Italian whenever she says the word Berlusconi. There's, like, good point. And on that note, by the way, uh, note to broadcasters, it's Angela Merkel, Uh, not Angela Merkel. Sort it out, BBC. Ben on Twitter. Uh, He says... Uh, people who have their fog lights on, even when it's not foggy, uh, isn't that illegal or something? I'm sh- uh, uh, yeah. He says, I'm sure I saw it on Road Wars. <laughs> it probably, Pat and Carl on Road Wars will nick the pants off you if you've got your fog lights on. Yeah. Chris Kelly, num- numpties who overtake you just before the contraflow kicks in and take it down to one lane and then proceed to do 30 miles an hour for the next six miles. I hate those people. By the way, on Twitter, it's at Ian Collins UK. Dead simple. Uh, Michael Lawler, who's very... But whenever we do these on Twitter, he's always got loads of them. He's always got a shed load. Uh, People who cough loudly when I'm smoking a cigarette in order to somehow inform me of my wicked habit. That's a very good point. As Bill Hicks once said, I smoke smoke 40 a day, and even I don't cough that bad. Mm -hmm. Good call. Uh, Ariel on Twitter says, People who bring pushchairs onto buses, they make my blood boil! Particularly when it's the driver as well, when he does that. (laughs) It's a silly thing. 
Bring your kids to work, Dave. That's just stupid. Uh, Jamie and Sunderland, people who listen to Radio 4, for no other reason, they think it makes them more intelligent. I know people like that. Yeah. There's loads of people who go, oh, sorry, I didn't listen to them. When I was on TalkSport, people go, I'm sorry, I listened to uh, the day programme. And you go, all right, who's the leader of the opposition? They go, oh, I don't know. Hosses! Have you ever been on Radio 4? Yes, I have. Really? I was on the... Archers. I was about to say... I was about to say the crystal maze. <laughs> I was on the, I was on the moral maze. You're on the moral maze. It was the most terrifying thing I ever did. That's amazing. Yeah, but the good thing was I got able to sit opposite. He used to present a show called, was it called Nine Nine Nine? Michael Burke. Oh yeah. It was an ordinary day. That's him. That's him. Michael Burke. That was why it was good to do. It is. I tell you what, it's one of the scariest shows ever to do. Yeah. It's very odd, and I hadn't really listen to it very much Ever. and you're kind of whatever actually yeah <laughs> and uh, you're surrounded by some pretty heavyweight intellectual characters and they essentially up you're a witness to whatever the subject is so it was about tabloid press and phone hacking and i was on there and i don't know how this happened as a defender of the tabloid press uh, and for reasons unknown now how they got this wrong i don't know michael burke introduced me as a man who'd written for The Sun, The Mirror, and OK Magazine. <laughs> Where'd he get that from? <laughs> Burke, you can't make it up, son. You know, we love your work on the telly. You were a great newsreader. We love your Moral May stuff. We've been making up credentials about you. Anyway, and then four intellectuals fire uh, pretty searching questions at you to try and flush out your uh, authenticity of your argument, mm. something like that. It's good Radio 4 stuff. Lisa in Hove. Uh, people who have a photo of their kid on the dashboard of their car. Have they forgot what their own children look like? <laughs> Does anybody do... Cab drivers sometimes do that. Does anybody else do that? Probably. Uh, this comes uh, from Ian Compton on Twitter. People who wear Lycra and cycle along canal paths. They get no argument from me on that no, one. No. There's loads of those. Uh, here's one from Dara Yazdani, who says... People who say, <laughs> I like to work hard and play hard. Yeah. Absolute cocks, he says. <laughs> Very true. You're enjoying your new freedom, are you? Yeah. <laughs> this comes from Martin, who says, people who pull up at automatic toll booths, then look for the change. Oh, that's a good one. Well, that also happens at supermarkets, doesn't it? Somebody queues up, they put all their shopping out, and they get there, and the cashier says it's £32.65, mm -hmm. and then they get the purse out. Uh, yeah, ex funny. exactly. Yeah. And always win. Always win. T yeah, all, every time. Oh. Teaser 20... Uh, sorry, Leslie Foster says, uh, people who walk along texting, not looking where they're going, and walk into me. I must be invisible. You're not invisible, Leslie. There's just a lot of very stupid people out there. But that is actually trumped by another random act of irrational annoyance, and that's people who walk along reading a book. I have seen this. You've got a bit... How compelling can a book be that you can't put it down when you're getting off a train? And, I've, and the other... I've seen it... I've seen people walking around supermarkets with their uh, trolley and the book rested on the trolley. How can you shop and read Harry Potter? <laughs> Ruby Shaker on Twitter says, people who say, can I get, when ordering a coffee or a beer, mm -hmm. instead of can I have. Of course you can get it. It's a coffee shop, stroke pub. Which makes a lot of sense. Right, keep those. We'll just collate those over in between shows, so keep them coming in, at Ian Collins UK on Twitter, and you can throw them in whenever you like, and we'll collate them each week, and we'll we may use yours on the next podcast. These are random acts of irrational annoyance, everybody. Don't let winter stop you in your tracks. The Mitsubishi ASX comes with active stability and traction control, on-demand four-wheel drive, hill start assist, and Mitsubishi's legendary reliability. For more information, search for Mitsubishi cars. Be safe, not sorry, this winter. Sideshow Kev's Showbiz Shoebox. There it is. Nice, nice intro, Kev. Good work. Before, Cheers, just before that, Scott McLeod on Twitter, uh, sneaking one in here. Random acts of rational annoyance. Never people who don't take the top newspaper on the pile in the shop. He obviously works in a shop. Uh, there's a good reason for that. It's, it's usually got somebody else's bogeys on it, <laughs> and that's why you don't want the top. And it's always creased up. Real man, uh, Kev. It's a showbiz shoebox. Bits of showbizy stuff we found. Under the bed. Good work. Now, this is happy news. Okay. Happy news. Yeah. On January the 7th, infamous hip-hop botherer Jay-Z 
and his wife Beyonce Z had a baby. Yeah. yeah. But they decided to honor the tradition of celebrity kids with stupid names yeah. by naming the new daughter Blue Ivy. Is that right? It's the same color I painted my bathroom. <laughs> nice. With that in mind, I have a challenge for you, yep. Mr. C. It's the Celebrity Stupid Kid Name Challenge. Oh, I like a challenge. Andre, throw in some music for me. Come on, man. It's Andre Porch, everybody. Oh, He's it's... the brains behind this yeah. sh- outfit. The, and in many ways, the talent. Yeah. This is very easy. Go on. I'm going to give you a celebrity couple yep. and a choice of three names. Oh, nice. You just have to tell me which is correct. I like quizzes. Oh, it's simple. Yeah, go simple. On. Simple. Go on. Couple number one. Mariah Carey, you know her, she warbles. Yep. And Nick Cannon. They have a son. Did they name their son A. James Tiberius Cannon? B. Moroccan Scott Cannon? Or C. Adelaide Bingo Ball Cannon? B. Is the correct answer! Get in there, my son! Pen- Slightly over the top reaction, really, for getting one question correct on a podcast. Whatever makes you happy. Hello, Sony's. A pendulum. Helen and Ollie on Answer Me This would be bricking it now, aren't they? Eh? Good lord. <laughs> What's happened? We had it for one year. Uh, Pendulette, you know, Penn and Teller? Yep. Yeah, he has a wife called Emily. Okay. And they have a daughter. Nice. But is their daughter's name A. The Vanishing Lady? A. Michaela Hansen Gillette? <laughs> B. Monterey Telethon Gillette? Or C, Moxie Crime Fighter Gillette. Not a chance. So it's one of those. I'm going to go again, B. You're going B, Monterey Telethon Gillette. Yeah. The answer is C, Moxie Crime Fighter Gillette. Call social services. <laughs> Jamie Oliver. Oh, yeah. And his lovely wife, Jules. Nice. They have a few kids, but they do have a daughter, which is, and this is the daughter in question. Yes. Uh, is their daughter's name go on. A, Anthony Worrell Cheeselifter Oliver? <laughs> B, Poppy Honey Oliver, or C, Clump. How is Worrell Thompson, by the way? I don't know. What's going on there? I don't. I couldn't Cheese tell and you. wine, and that was just for starters. Hey! hey! It's definitely B. It is B. Yeah, well done. Yeah. I saw him on. Um, I think I saw him on Loose Women or something, and he was talking. About, I don't know why I was watching. I tell you, why I was watching Loose Women because Carol McGiffin was on Loose Women, and Carol's coming on this oh, show. She's very good. She's great. She's a proper giggle. Uh, this is a weird one. You may not have heard of these people, Go on. but there's a reason for including them. He's saying on pop, pop culture light. Okay, do you know Shannon Sossaman? Of course I don't. And Dallas Clayton? No. She's an actress, he's an author, they're right. both American, okay. and they have a son. Right. Is their son's name A. Audio Science? Right. B. Stereo Lobotomy? Nice. Or C. Meccano Butterbean? It's got to be, it's definitely not B, because nobody would call their kid lobotomy. You might as well just call your kid crazy bastard, wouldn't you? <laughs> Who would do that? I'm saying A. Audio science. Yeah. Is the correct answer. Get in there, my son. Uh, and finally, Jason Lee, you know, my name is Earl. Yeah. And uh, his wife, Beth, uh, have a son. Yeah. Is his name A, Brody Azrael Lee. Nice. B, Pilot Inspector Lee. Stop it. Or C, Hobo Shitstain Lee. Definitely see. I read about it in OK. You're saying hobo shit stain. Yes, I think that's the name of the kid. The answer is yep. B, Pilot Inspector Well, what Lee. about that? It's Inspector with a K. Since you're a showbiz guru, because uh, <laughs> that the last one? It was. Well, I quite enjoyed that. Since you're a showbiz guru, tell me, on a scale of 1 to 10, what would you say is the credible status in the current contemporary world of popular culture of LL Cool J? In terms of where he sits, right? OK, if you were looking for... Credible couples who are right up there, back to the top of your list, Beyonce and Mm Jay-Z, right? Okay. So on that scale of, you know, cool dudes who supposedly, you know, we we, we love, where does LL Cool J sit? Well, he's he's an actor more than anything now. He's in, like, CSI Croydon or something. So uh, I I suppose in the acting world he's a little bit more credible than he was. Keep up, love. Come on. (laughs) There's a fire in a carpet store. Ian Collins wants a word. Now, every week, writer and comedian Del Strain will be giving us his views on a variety of subjects and issues in his own somewhat idiosyncratic style. Here's the first outing of the thoughts of Chairman Dell. London Colin. This is London Colin. Hello. Vinnie Jones's CPR ad is much talked about, and it's very good. What to do if someone has a heart attack? 
But what if you're on your own? Your hands on your own chest is not a good look for hospital or rigor mortis. There goes the open casket. You look like you've died and Britain's got babe station fondling your own man boobs. Seriously, here's a fact that could save your life. Before strokes happen, one minute before, you see writing as being jumbled up. I suppose if you're dyslexic, you'll see it as normal, so everyone's included here. Once you get the queasy feeling in the jumbled writing, you could save your life by phoning an ambulance immediately and say what's about to happen, sort of like Darren Brown. If in company, they'd be pretty impressed. Woo! Until you had a spasm and collapsed on the floor, I suppose. Being from the west coast of Scotland, people trying to kill you becomes a bit of a hobby. With the highest heart attacks in Europe, I can only conclude we see it as a challenge. Tip number two that could save your life. If you're on your own, having a heart attack, and want to avoid earlier scenarios, take a deep breath and cough excessively. <coughs> like when you're hooking phlegm from your throat. Do it in bursts of four. Inhale, cough times four, repeat. This will keep your blood supply long enough to get help. Though let's hope you'll never need to use it. I think the best thing about it is, you can have a cigarette while you're coughing. Maybe having your last cigarette in this dimension. Far out, as Professor Brian Cox would say, cataclysmic. Comedian Del Strain and a swift Google search will let you know where you can see Del performing live at a selection of UK comedy venues. Voicemail roulette. Please leave a message. I've got absolutely no idea how this is going to work. Oh, it's going to be good. That is the oldest answer machine I've ever seen. He's been around a boot fair or something. Do you know... What are you, some kind of peasant? This isn't a national radio show. You never heard of digital technology? Do you know the sort of budget you have for a podcast? Uh, The number is 07891832. 62. 07891832. 62. And so the idea is you just sort of rant and leave... A variety of opinions and things on there, and then Kev is <laughs> bought us at like a proper answer machine. Nice, isn't it? Uh, the idea is each week we'll just play a couple of messages, but we thought because it's the first week, uh, we'll uh, we'll see who's on there. Yeah, why not? Oh, should we do that? Yeah. Uh, it's voicemail roulette, everybody. On Ian Collins wants a word. Press the button, Kev. Hi, Ian. It's uh, Danny here, Danny Wallace. Um, just to say best of luck with the podcast. I'm not sure if it's changed since you first told me about it. I assume you're still doing Collins. Collins is, um, what was it called? Collins? Collins. Something like that. Uh, just a half hour show where you tackle all the issues relevant to the nation's Collins. I think it's still a very strong idea and, um, certainly worth pursuing. Uh, so I look forward to the next four years of, uh, Collins. Collins. Bye. That's Dan, Danny oh, Wallace. Danny. That's Danny Wallace. That's quality. That is quality. Can I say hi to Joan and Phil? Oh, Joan and Phil. Joan and Phil. There you go. Thank you, Danny. Right, next one. Hi, Ian. Uh, it's Dave in Brighton here. Just wondering what you thought about uh, Apple uh, and the products. And this is a bit weird and dull, but since you know Steve Jobs is kind of leading the whole thing and, and doing a great job of it, now he's not there. What's going to happen? I don't know whether they're going to run out of ideas or... Everything's going to become a bit weaker, or it's not going to be as cool. Or I don't know. Uh, I'm a big fan myself, uh, so just wondering what your thoughts were. Um, look forward to hearing your thoughts. Cheers, bye. Mine's prediction is um, a resurrection, actually. Really? Yeah, I can see that happening. Um, probably about July. Bill Gates will cack himself. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. I am Steve. <laughs> Next one. Hi, Ian, it's Russell Grant here. Just wanting to wish you all the very best of luck with your new show. I'm so thrilled to be hearing you once again on the airwaves. You know, my day is incomplete unless I've heard you talking with me, talking at me, talking around me. In fact, I just want to hear you talk. You are Mr. Talk to me, and I can't wait to hear your first show and every other one you do afterwards, hopefully for the rest of my born days. Love you lots. Russell Grant. That's Russell Grant! Hey, Russell Grant! From the Strictly Come Dancing oh, Show. What a lovely fella. I, see, he's, I tell you what, nicest man in the entire world. Is he? We're going to get him on as a guest. We should. Uh, right, let's start. Have we got another one there, Kev? I think so. Okay. Yeah, hi, this is uh, Mike Hansen. Remember your original producer? Uh, listen, you pack of dinks. 
You'd be nothing without me. Why am I not in the show? Why am I not in the studio with you? Hey, what's going on? Sort it out, jerky. Any idea who that is? No. Me neither. Uh, here's another. Oh, hi, Ian. Uh, I'm Emma. I'm calling from Malmo in Sweden. I was wondering if you have to choose one place in the world to go purely based on the women that live there, what place would you go to? Uh, thank you, Emma. That's very easy to answer. Folkestone. <laughs> Every time. At uh, the number, 07789 I'm very happy. Ian Collins wants a word. Yay! There's a very definite way that people join Twitter. I think you go and you have a look and you put your first tweets up and then no one replies and then you storm off into cyberspace in a huff. And then once the penny drops, I think that's when you can never leave. This was another huge wake-up call for me, which said, Gracie will never, ever be as cool and connected and relevant as these media twumps. So why not just go down to your dad's shed and cut your own face off with his fly my strimmer? It's like this immense feeling of power, like you've done all these amazing things. You've not been out of the house. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is it, you're like, and you've not got dressed. It's TV critic Grace Dent, everybody. Look who's just snuck into our studio. She's here. Do you know it's a Grace Jones? <laughs> well, we're Grace very Jones. easily mixed up with both. You are, actually. Hello, yeah. you're all right. I'm good. Why have you got me down here in this murky basement? <laughs> that was the whole point. It's so, and it's freezing in here. Are you cold? It's absolutely freezing. Could you not put Tempe in the meter? Completely. There's none of that going on. But we did furnish you with uh, mulled wine. Yeah, it's, well, a, it's not mulled wine. Well, it's, it's not. It's, it's a beautiful bottle of. Two pounds ninety nine mixed mixed pays van That the is quality kit. <laughs> that is quality kit. So uh, it's twenty. Anyway, cheers. Yeah, Thank cheers, you for Grace. Me. Still proper yeah. like there it is. There hey, you go. Uh, welcome to to the show. Thanks for having me. It's good to see you. Uh, Grace Dent is of course uh, an author, a columnist, and a tweeter. <laughs> is that all of it? Well, well, and, and a presenter. The Twitter bit's not my job. But, uh, yeah. but it kind of, you see, my, what about this? Again? What do you think about this? God. My mate, I've told my mate to interview you. He's writing a piece, and it's about what he thinks is the obscenity, the, the obsceneness, rather, yeah. of, of Twitter. Yeah. Uh, he thinks the fact that people like you or me go on to Twitter, he's, he says to me, why are you giving away your services for nothing? Oh, well. That's, I mean, so there's the question. A, Discuss. Yeah, I mean, my agent goes absolutely mad about that. For the same reason? Yeah, yeah. She says she just sits in her office pulling out her hair, going, <laughs> you literally, you are giving this shit away. But then at the same time, um, you know, I always say that, like, what I'm putting down on Twitter is um, kind of the random thoughts that, you know, that maybe I wouldn't have developed into anything anyway. It's a good way of... Uh, Good way of getting your name out, I suppose. I don't it know. Pub- I mean, it does like, publicise what you're, you're doing, what you're up to. It absolutely does. You know, I think I think I take away more good things from yeah, Twitter yeah. than I do from you know maybe giving away giving away a few jokes. It definitely reminds people that you're there every day. I think that you're an absolute mad yeah, person. But you, be, you became- to not be on Twitter. If you are somebody that wants to be a name in any field whatsoever, whether it be media, whether it be you know, anything, any job, you, you need to be on Twitter. Yeah, but isn't that just like... Unless it's, it's like MI5. No, you're, yeah, you know, right, you then don't go on don't Twitter. Don't go on Twitter. Spies. Because uh, a lot of spies listen to us on this. <laughs> don't go on Twitter. But isn't the problem with that that it's good for kind of the industry, but actually only about, you know, 4% of the country are probably on Twitter. Yeah, but it's growing. Absolutely. No, it'll just grow and grow. I mean, it's the same with Facebook. I remember a time when absolutely nobody was on Facebook. You're on Facebook as well? Oh, no, I've got rid of it now. I find it scary. Well, I mean, I go on if ever I want to know what like some of my friends at school who are in the EDL are doing. <laughs> you know, if I ever want to, if I ever want to know, if if, uh, if I ever want to see a really quick, fast stream of racist bile, like you know, spewed out by people. Go back to year ten. Yeah, yeah, spewed out by people that left school at fourteen and kind of you know. Well, here's a tweet. This comes. I can't believe this comes from Jen on Easter Island. Is that where they let off the bomb? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the place? Oh, she's not on Easter Island. She's probably like what Isla well, Dogs. Might, yeah, c- quite possibly. Uh, if right. you could do one thing, Grace, career-wise, forever, would it be write books, write column, tweet, or something else? You know, I think it would probably be write books. I can ask an easier question. <laughs> it's gonna... Well, it's difficult because um, yeah, I mean, probably be write books because uh, writing books gives you uh, far more freedom, and you know. I think it's quite nice to just be in it for the for the lot for the uh, the long race rather than the yeah. sprint. Columns are cut, co- you know. The columns you're, just come and go. But when you write, you're quite good, aren't you? At locking yourself away when you write a book. Yeah. And knuckling it down, knuckling down. 
And it's doing it as a proper li- job. Yeah, but because I leave them so bloody late that I've usually gone past two or three deadlines by that See, point. I remember when you were writing the Twitter. But what's yeah. the full title of the Twitter? Are you, uh, How to leave Twitter. How to leave Twitter. Uh, my time as queen of the universe and why this must end. It's a long title. Of yeah, no. But you didn't it worked. leave Twitter. You didn't it leave worked. Twitter, though, did you? Oh, no, I never said I was going to leave Twitter. <laughs> so why were you... If you, can't, if you can't do, teach. That's what I always say. <laughs> <laughs> so why are you teaching people how to leave Twitter? Um, well, surely you just turn it off, don't you? Well, you can't. I mean, the, the po- I suppose the point... How did you book- get that through a commissioning agent? <laughs> how to leave Twitter? I am bloody charming. Because on the face of it, I mean, if... if it was quite clearly Dodge like Dodge Pop a- McDougall took that to an agent and said, I've got a great idea for a book. It's called uh, How to Leave Twitter. <laughs> uh, they would just go, yeah, great. Piss off. <laughs> but Dent comes along with a Carlisle charm. Oh, well, I, I think that it was, um, I wanted to write a book about internet addiction. I wanted to write a book about people um, being so reliant and so sucked in and intoxicated by Twitter mm. that um, they felt like these there were these, ever, these powerful human beings. They felt as if they were in touch with news and in touch with gossip and they were like being involved with political campaigns and they were the bee's knees, but they weren't actually leaving the house. And I think that's uh, where thousands of people are right now. But it's and kind of, I wanted to write about that and how you can you can leave. Mm. But I don't think you know. Can you live without emails, without technology, without Twitter? That's true. Can but you it, live, but it's, you tra- it's something we've. I mean, when my my mate who's writing this kind of anti-Twitter piece, yeah, I was arguing all that. these points to him because he was he was kind of annoying me. But I did. I said I liked his view. I like the fact that his view is out there. And is he on Twitter? Uh, he sort of is. Oh, he's a lurker then. Yeah, is that what they're called? Is that proper lurking egg? Well, he's kind of there. He's an egg-shaped avatar. He's mooching. Yes, the egg shapes. The egg-shaped avatar mooching around. He's the kind of person that if he walked in here now, he would know more about me because he's sitting. He's sitting looking. But here's the thing that he was pointing out. Yeah. And it is kind of there is something a bit biblical about it. How many followers have you got? And then people tweeting going, "I've lost a follower." It's like you've lost a follower, you Jesus. You've lost a follower? <laughs> well, yeah, completely. I mean, people get completely obsessed with but followers. Actually, but it is weird. Do you ever get, you've got quite a lot of followers. Do you ever look at it and go, I have lost, I've lost 10 followers? Um, well, I've got 100,000 followers. So yeah, but do you notice like... lose it, lose, losing 10? Oh, yeah. I mean, i tell you when I lose it, um, when I notice it, when um, if I go on and I say something just really, like, nice and happy, you know, like, mm. oh, I love this TV programme, or... So, you know something positive, and then immediately like fifteen people but and does follow. That, do, do people? You think you fucking miserable. <laughs> <laughs> but do people do that? Yeah. Do people? Because I was having Absolutely. a debate a couple of weeks ago about the whole Scottish devolution, Scottish independence thing, yeah. and I was just making my views known, which are mostly essentially romantic views about liking the union. It's not yeah. really politically based. I quite like the fact we're all together. It's like we're all mates. I've got there's yeah, nothing like beyond that, that. Yeah. and. But nonetheless, it was enough for some people to say, you little Englander, who do you think you are? I thought, what? I didn't say any of this stuff. And you're now telling me what you think I think, which is kind of mad. And then yeah. I looked and 20 followers had gone. I thought, is that, did somebody really deactivate me based on my, my views of the union, which were all nice? Yeah, but people are just sitting at home in track punts, slightly drunk, getting angry about things. And, you know, if you were in a pub, they would have to sit and listen to you. But when you're on Twitter, they've got the power to to unfollow. So you're not going to please all the people all the time. You just Mm. are not. You know, you can't. Everything you say, there's going to be somebody that either takes offence or or just finds you boring. How many tweets have you done? How many times do you tweet a day? Less now than I used to. Well, you had, so you actually, you, you, it was a problem for you. Talk to me, Grace. <laughs> was it a problem? Yeah. Um, I do think it gets in the way of work. Definitely. Definitely gets in the way of it work. It gets in the way of work. And, um, you know, I, I think that as you get more and more followers, you could just get people that are just quite horrible. And I think that knocks you a bit sometimes. Mm. Um, so yeah, I do try to. I, I do try to tweet less. I join in with conversations that my friends are having. See, I do that. But <clears> then, <throat> then that becomes like a living soap to people that are just like lurking that's at right. home, and that's also kind of worrying as well. Yeah, because I've said things to you on Twitter, and you've said something back, and then suddenly seven other people. Do you remember once yeah. we were watching X Factor? Not we, we yeah, weren't yeah. together, but was, this is the strange yeah, thing. Yeah, no. And suddenly, out of nowhere, Steve Brookstein. Oh, I know. Stop. Pops up. The, f- the fellow who first won X Factor, he pops up and says, yeah, I know what you two mean. It's like, what? 
Steve, <laughs> we didn't invite you. We, you know, we love your singing taxi driver voice. <laughs> Steve Brookstein on Twitter is just an absolute lawn to himself. He spends every time he comes in there, just causes fights with everybody. Does he? But, he's, but yeah, he, does he trolls. That. He's literally he's a troll. But the trouble is, he sounds bitter. Yeah, and if you sound bitch, you know he could be. I, I don't know. I'm sure he clearly yeah. had. You know, he had a better sing. He had a better singing voice than Cher Lloyd. Oh my god! But to be honest, my dog's got a better singing voice than yeah. Cher Lloyd. Poor Cher. <laughs> Poor Cher. Oh, I try not to be nasty yeah. about Cher Lloyd. You know, she's a young girl. I don't think she does herself many favors. You wouldn't take home to meet your mum. Would you? No, no. But she got engaged the other week. Yeah, I know, because I mean, I always think that's the best thing you can do when you're really young and you're really confused about fame and you've just got money and you don't know what to do with yeah. it. You should just kind of get engaged to some random that you've just met. Just what's changed about that kind of, that? <laughs> that's what's happened. <laughs> well, but what's changed about that kind of, um, the, the, the new lot of famous people, if you like, in the yeah. last 10 years is that whereas sort of 10, 15 years ago, they were famous and skinned. Yeah. Now they're not skinned. Mm. That's the difference. So they, you know, the Gareth Gateses and all the rest of it—they're all millionaires, mm. uh, but many of them are un- unemployed millionaires. Yeah, yeah, and probably won't work after a year or two. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I don't think, you know, I don't think that any of those X Factor people are in a very good place. Not really. <sighs> Phil in Newcastle says, as a Guardian girl, Grace, do you know Charlie Brooker? Yes. And underneath that savvy charm and clever wit, does there really lurk a bit of an arse? Where with Charlie? Yeah, yeah. Is he a bit of an ass? Is Charlie? No, no, he's lovely. But you know, people will say that about someone like Charlie Brooker because he's confident and cocky and very clever. I've never seen Charlie do anything other than be an absolute gentleman. No, he's no, he's he's he's. I'd love. To, I think I'd love to tell you that he's rotten old to the core, rotten to the core. But no, I mean he's he's um. He's married to Connie now, and he's having mm. a baby. And he's, uh, you know, I, you know, I think he's a very, very talented um, screenwriter, which is really brilliant. Oh, the news wipe stuff is just unparalleled, <laughs> isn't it? It's just yeah. brilliant. No, he's doing well. No, he. he I mean, um, I, I mean, if anything, I think he's maybe he's maybe uh, softening as he gets older. Dave in Pompey says, "Do you think British TV is in terminal decline, or like me, do you think this is just the view of media weirdos and actually UK telly?" Has never been better. What was the question? That was quite. That was bloody very hell. What's blimey, wrong with you? Blimey! Back in the day, you were right. You were like this. <laughs> I remember that just, that. that just sounded like. He says. <laughs> do, you know, you, do you know what that sounded like? That sounded like when you when someone puts up a, puts up their hand at the end of some kind of talk and goes, "Less of a question, more of a comment." <laughs> They do it's that. Like, it's like, no, we didn't ask you for comments. You know where they do that? That really riles me. On the end of question time, the last question <laughs> is usually something like, if you were a loaf of bread, what kind of bread would you be? And then they go around the panel, I'd be nimble. I'd be homeless. <laughs> anyway, what he it's, said was, do you think TV is in terminal decline? Or do you actually think there's just media asses that say that? And actually, UK TV is in pretty good shape. Because you've got things like Downton Abbey, you've got things like Sherlock. I watched Downton Abbey at Christmas. I thought it was stunning. It was almost faultless. And the Essex girl who plays one of the sisters is incredible. I think that uh, I think British TV is in pretty good shape. There you yeah, go. So you agree with him? Pre- First yeah. you slag him off think, for his question, then you agree with yeah, him. Yeah, but uh, I, I think British TV is, is, you know, if you look back at last year, you know, I mean, I grumbled all year. I moaned all year that there was nothing to watch. You are and a then, TV columnist. Yeah, I did. I moaned all year. And then it gets to the end of the year and you kind of go, oh, right, okay, so... You know, Downton was pretty good and, you mm. know, Frozen Planet was pretty good and the Crimson Petal and the White was pretty good and The Hour was good and, you know, various... Uh, was The Hour good? Y- yeah. Was it? Well, it was, it was... Well made. It was well made. It was proper telly. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, and then there's all kinds Sherlock. of... Sherlock. Sherlock. You know, I, I, I do think that we're, you know, there's people absolutely adore Doctor Who. You know, if you look at all the big Saturday night television shows, although mm. they have been done to death, you know, still pe- they're they bringing a lot of people a lot of joy. This comes from Lisa F. in Glasgow. Does an author who is writing... That's going to get serious, this. Mm. Does an author who is writing for the teenage market have a moral responsibility on the kind of issues they deal with? Which isn't... Yes. You know, that's a reasonable um, juxtaposition to the last point we were talking about, actually, in yes. terms of subject matter. Yeah. <laughs> you can I just do. say, for those who don't know, you've written the book on Twitter, and uh, th- that's done incredibly well, and people like it, and there's an audio version and all the rest of it on its mm. way, and lots going on there. Uh, you're known as a, a tweeter... Mm. You do, obviously, your Guardian column um, and lots of television. 
But you're you're kind of you know what pays the mortgage if you like is the fact that you're a really prolific author of books aimed at the teenager, the yeah, female teenage I, market, yeah, teenage wrote, girls, um, yeah, and a massive seller in that yes. department. And you've done how many books now? Twelve. That's a, yeah. Twelve. But you're you're too much. You hardly talk about this. You probably think you talk about it all the time. No, I, but I don't. I don't really. I mean, one of them's just been bought by Nickelodeon. Really, made, and it's been um, developed by Jonathan Harvey. Really, yeah. Yes. Who works on Coronation Street? But yeah, I don't Jonathan know. Harvey is one of the greatest writers <laughs> of comedy. I, I kid you I not. I think he's fabulous. You can, I can spot a Jonathan Harvey episode of Coronation I Street. I know. I'm without, a, I mean, no. I'm immensely proud, but I don't like. Um, you can I have merchandise and all that. Oh, hopefully. Hello, Gracie. <laughs> Do you know something? When those checks start coming this way, I'm just going to get a whole mouth of gold teeth. Brilliant. Turn up at Harry's house. <laughs> Kev, didn't we knock on Nickelodeon's door one night while pissed? We did, didn't we? We actually did in the middle of. That's a whole other story. Anyway, you do have a responsibility. It's not a good look, really, is it? It's not like two slightly drunk men hammering on the door of the. We were actually looking for Gene Rosenberg. And uh, SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> we are. We would like to see him. <laughs> yeah, where is he? We have an appointment. Bring him out, that yellow swine. <laughs> Um, what, what the question was so is, it was about responsibility I, about what you write uh, yes yeah you have so I mean, are there sub are there areas in your books where you think okay well this is reasonable to deal with for to, I mean, what, what are you aiming at sort of 13 to 16 uh, yes uh, yeah about 11 to because you can't tell how old you know you can't tell how old a kid is mentally you know you got you got you get some very young 14 year old girls who no it's actually a really tricky path because you know um, I know that, like, when you're writing for, say, a 13, 14-year-old girl, I remember what I was like when I was 13 or 14. I was no angel. Um, I knew all about drugs and drinking and sex, and I used to smoke and la, 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 la. Yeah. So, like, I didn't want to be patronised by a book. Sure. But therefore, if I write the absolute God's honest experience that I know that 14-year-old girls are having... Um, you don't get stocked in the kids section and you know you're not going to get stocked in supermarkets kids sections and you know la 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 la. so you kind of um, you you play a game all the time that you're writing them you're always kind of pulling back and trying to um, you know but I think that the best comedy um, if you look at something like Grease the movie Mm -hmm. um, you can watch it when you're seven and you won't get any of the jokes that sure. it's about. You can watch it when you're 15, you get a completely different film. Sure. You watch it when you're 30 and you realise exactly what was going on. Yeah. And like that's the beauty of it. And I try to do that with my books. Well, like the philosophy, Grace, Dad. Yeah, thank you. Are you ready for a bit of judgment? Yes. Uh, well, you know, people always say, I don't like to judge. And that's the thing is, judges. I love to judge. Brilliant, isn't it? <laughs> love it. It's great. I get up early to do it. it makes the world go round. Ian Collins wants a word. Okay, everybody, it's called the Court of Collins. It is your chance to prosecute or even defend a misdemeanour. These are the moments sent in from our global listener base of several million where people are happy to admit to a crime. Not a terrible crime, not murder or arson or pig fiddling, but a minor moment of miscreant-based madness. You know the kind of thing, you know, where you sort of lose your moral compass. You strayed, albeit momentarily, off the track. But will our guests find you guilty or not guilty, we need a prosecuting team and a defending team, and we will toss a massive coin in a moment to decide who does that. So, <laughs> Grace Dent is with us. Oh, hello. Hello, hello. Saito Kev is with us. Hey! And this is the case. Ruby in Dartford says, I once stitched up an ex-boyfriend by posting an ad of him on a gay dating website. It hadn't been a long-term relationship, and it was only eventful in the sense of its sheer uneventfulness. Essentially, I spent nearly a year of my life with an idiot. This was a guy who thought that smiling occasionally was a sincere show of love. The man was hopeless. It was like dating a corpse. For some reason, we often stick with somebody, even though we know we should get out. By the end of the relationship, I didn't hate this guy. He just annoyed me a lot. Now, I'm not sure where this idea came from, but I posted a full profile of him, on the Gaydar, brackets, gay dating website. Uh, Gaydar is an extremely active site and it's not hard to get a response. As a result, he was inundated with calls and emails from other guys. I found out from a mutual friend that he even he got over 100 responses in just a few days and even got calls to his house from the keener contacts on the website. Unfortunately, this all went on 
for about a month before he pretty much had a nervous breakdown. I discovered that he'd taken three weeks off work and gone to live with his mother in northern France. I never admitted to him that it was me, and by the time I realised the true damage, I did remove the profile, something he hadn't even tried to do himself. That's how wet this guy was. I'm told that this all had a profound effect on him and he's become a bit of a hermit since this happened. This was all a couple of years back now. I do take responsibility for this, but I wanted to give this man a shock, some kind of event in his life, a moment of surrealism that he would look back at one day and laugh at and tell his mates, yes, it was about revenge for him being inept and totally wasting my life, but I didn't intend to cause any real hurt. I also happen to think that he would have become a bit of a recluse anyway, regardless of my silly prank. The question is, am I guilty or not guilty of being a very bad person? That's the dilemma. Am I allowed to say already? Hang on. No, you can't say yet. <laughs> because you might you might be the prosecutor. Well, this is true. This you is might true. be the defender. I'd be rubbish in court, wouldn't I? <laughs> Can I just say <laughs> yeah, that Kavanaugh's job's safe, isn't it? Really? Here we go. Right. So, Grace, who would you would you rather prosecute this girl or defend her? I want to prosecute her. Okay, Kev. I will defend this fair maiden. Okay, here we go. Grace, heads or tails? Heads. Let's toss the coin. It is a head. Well done. There you go. So you think this is an outrage? I absolutely... I do think it's an outrage. I think that... Um, She's going out with an idiot, Grace. Well, you know, well, she was going out with an idiot, but he wasn't malicious. He hadn't done anything wrong other than be completely wrong for her because she's obviously quite an outgoing bubbly slightly evil individual <laughs> and he just sounds like he's slightly quiet and inept she hasn't managed to name anything that he's actually done that's wrong other than just not really pay her any attention i mean she might be a right old boiler maybe objection your honor <laughs> supposition the prosecution has not seen this lady and does not know. But you're scary. Sideshow Kev is scary. Do you not think that... so it... scary, because also, I think that by putting him on the site, I think that she knew this was going to be something terrible that was going to happen to him, and for it to go on so long that it actually caused him to go and live with his mother, that went above and beyond a prank. I wouldn't have done it in the first place, and if I had done it, I would have done it for... A, two days at the very yeah. most and I would have taken it down. This woman is clearly in the wrong here. Kev, why do you think it's alright then that she did this? Your Honour, <laughs> I'm a simple like man that. with simple pleasures and I, I believe in equality of everybody and okay. all that happened with this young lady is she was obviously hurt. She was in yep. a bit of a bind so she decided to do what came absolutely naturally to her and let me ask you, Your Honour, if you were in that situation would you not do the same? The bench doesn't speak on these matters. <laughs> Let me put this back to Grace, because here's the thing, Grace. You're really cold, aren't you? It's not that bloody cold. Can I just really? say, Grace Dent has... I've do you want got, some mittens, love? Got, I'm a delicate little thing. I know I've got you are. really thin skin. But you come from Carlisle. <laughs> no. It's like this is like this weather is like July in Carlisle. <laughs> I know, I know, but I don't go out much. Here's the... To me, this is her most telling line, OK, which I think is almost her saving grace. She says that what I wanted to do was give him an event in his life, something he'd look back on one day and almost laugh at. So although it was shocking at the time, it was actually, you know, this guy clearly had nothing going on. He, he was one of those p people that just didn't, nothing happened That's for him. That's just absolutely... Yep, yep. An absolutely insane thing to think. If no, she wanted, he's a judge. He if, knows what she's talking if about. she wanted to help him, <laughs> there's a new numerous things she could have done as a nice person to help him out. I mean, fair enough. If she had an inkling that he wasn't paying her any attention because mm. he was perhaps in the closet and gay anyway, then fair Objection. enough. You could maybe say that it was a nice thing to do that maybe he was going to get a bit of action when she wasn't there. Right. But to, to put him on gaydar. Is is just I, I just think that she just gives women a bad name, an absolute. You know, it's the twenty fifth anniversary at the moment of the film Fatal Attraction, and I watched it recently. Um, and it, she is an archetypal bunny boiler. Hell hath no fury like Grace Dent scorned, and I have done some awful things to people who have been awful to me in revenge and. But I, I, if somebody has done nothing other than just not really pay me any attention and be slightly like, you know, lily-livered about mm. things, you can't go in there and just try and wreck their lives. They probably need to be helped. 
I'm, I'm going to rule in Grace's favour. Oh, come oh, on! I'm going to rule in Grace's favour, yes. You're corrupt. You're corrupt. You're corrupt. You're corrupt. You're corrupt. This is against my human rights. Uh, and there we have it. That was the Court of Collins. That, everybody, was Grace Den. You can't, you can't beat a bird from Carlisle, are you? Can't, you? It can't be done. That can't was, be you, done. Did, you did put, you put through a... This is a fix. It's a pretty powerful... It's a fix. It was beautiful. Uh, so let's just remind everybody of a few things, Grace. Um, you're going to be popping up on the TV in 2012 because you always do at some point, somewhere, someplace, oh, I'm in various here. things. Yeah. Uh, the uh, column... Remind everyone when that's out, or um, if they don't know I about write it. Every, I write every Saturday for The Guardian. I've got a column called TVOD writing about television. I also read it. Is, write... can, I, can I just say, it is the best TV column Thank in you, the land. It really Thank is. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I write for the, uh, if you're in London, I write for the London Evening Standard. I've got a restaurant column called Grace and Flavour. And uh, wow. yeah, so yeah. And, How do you uh, get paid for having free meals? Yeah, I do. In good restaurants? <laughs> yeah, I know, but yeah, yeah, I do. Do you, I can, do. Do you have to go on your own, or can you take somebody with you? I'm really quite busy with all this. I'm not taking you, no way. Well, thanks. you <laughs> no, not taking me? You know, do you know something? It would be a pleasure to go out but for dinner you, with you. Yeah, I yes. know. Well, we've always got on really well. So we have know, always gone out. I and think. if there's ever like something really, really bad that I can't get anyone else to go well, to. Well, what about the wimpy? I'd love a bender and chips. <laughs> do you know something? I do. I go out every week and we would. Love, I would love to go out somewhere with you. Excellent. Is this a date? There it's is. It it's is. a hot date. It is a hot date. I mean, look at him. No. <laughs> I used to like Grace Dent. Your dad always said, don't go out with Northern Girls. Yeah. Um, so listen, great, uh, and the book, uh, the Twitter book, it's yes. been out now, but that's uh, it's been out for a little while, but it's still out there, isn't it? It's still and out it's there. And, flying um, off shelves still. Yeah, yeah, it's been selling really well, and I'm just going to start work on the next novel. That, everybody, was Grace Dent. <laughs> Grace Dent on Once a Word. Credit stream. There you go, kids. That's been episode one of Ian Collins' Once a Word. Thanks to you for downloading. Thanks, of course, to all of our guests. All can be followed on Twitter. Ask and we at Ian Collins UK. In-show feature and sponsor music is by Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com. The show's technical operator is, of course, Mr. Andre Porsche. Program edited by Manny Kendall. Our researcher was Katie Scott. And catering provided by Abdul's Coffee Shack. Your homework, by the way, for this week is to tell everybody you've ever known in your entire life to download this podcast. Podcast. Extra house points for that. I'm Ian Collins, and we're back next week with loose woman Carol McGiffing. Goodbye. A Big Things Media Production. Big Things! Ian Collins wants a word. Powered by Mitsubishi. Be safe, not sorry this winter. I see a lot.